listening to The Monica Klein Show, and I'm your host, Monica Leal Klein. I'm a former comprehensive sex educator of over 10 years. I was trained by the LGBTQ community and Planned Parenthood. I left that career because of their distorted view of our children and their disdain for family. Families are facing a determined opponent. The social change culture wants to influence children's attitudes and beliefs about sex, gender, identity, race, religion, and economy. But first, they have to diminish and eliminate the voice of the parent. So naturally, I found it. It takes a family. It takes a family to raise strong children, build healthy communities, and form a great nation. What better way to derail the enemy's plans but by strengthening the very institution they're afraid of? The family. All right, guys, today I have with me Jennifer McWilliams. She is the CEO of Purple for Parents in Indiana. And there's actually been some articles written about her. She is a teacher who was fired because she began to question the social emotional learning program in her school where her children were also attending school. And she basically, you know, blew the whistle and was questioning the, um, just the methods of social emotional learning. Um, she was really noticing that it had, that they were really asking children to compromise, uh, and to really change their attitudes and beliefs about a lot of different, uh, things that, you know, going on in, in the world, like racism and, and, and just kind of how they view each other and their community. And so I'm inviting, you know, you're going to hear from Jennifer in just a little bit, but I wanted to start off with, with just talking about social emotional learning a little, it is actually a very difficult thing to learn about because it is a huge program. And from what I understand, I would guess I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I would guess that almost every single school has social emotional learning. And I'm going to read to you a little bit from Castle, which is one of the largest providers, really a leader in, in, in social emotional learning. And here they talk about equity and social emotional learning resources. And what they're having, some of the things that they have here are recommended resources is how to be an anti-racist educator. Um, let's talk about discussing race, racism, and other difficult topics with students, which is not a bad thing, of course. Um, here we have that they are actually talking about, um, creating a space to talk about race in your school. Uh, but, but very specifically as you go down into their resources, what they also are showing is their, um, their stand with Black Lives Matter. Now, Black Lives Matter organization um, is an organization that is pretty much out there saying, you know, that they really are for socialism. Um, they want to el eliminate the nuclear family. Um, they are calling for violence. Uh, they want to defund the police. It's a very radical group. But here in social emotional learning under teaching tolerance, um, their, their resource is called why teaching black lives matter matters part one. And then there's a part two, and they have several resources here, uh, talking to students about race and ethnicity is a package tools, webinar and publications to support conversations with students about race, the black lives matter movement and injustice. And the more that you go into what they're showing here, 
uh, with social emotional learning, you hear a lot about social justice. You talk, you hear a lot about social change. Another organization that talks about social change is SECUS, one of the largest um, sex education, comprehensive sex education organizations that you've heard me talk about who um, have rebranded their themselves and they want sex education for social change. And what they mean by social change is, again, eliminating the nuclear family. Uh, they want to stop this belief that heterosexuality is normal. They call that being heteronormative. Being heteronormative is, is, is a way of them saying that it's bad for you to think that heterosexuality is the only normal type of relationship. Of course, it's the only relationship that produces the human race as well. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're very much about social change. They want to stop the nuclear family. They want to stop traditional family values. And, um, and so one of the things that I saw in some more of the castle, uh, framework is teaching and learning. And there's this whole section about teaching and learning, and they talk about engaging in healing centered trauma informed classroom practices. Now, if our are one, our teachers are not counselors by any means at all. They are not counselors. They are teachers of academia. So if our teachers are now focused on healing and trauma in the classroom, I think that's really odd. Uh, and it's, and it's, and basically they're not teaching our kids anymore. They want to promote, um, culturally sustaining and responsive learning environments. Um, one of the things that they mention is having advisory uh, and teacher teams, and they call them families. Now that's interesting because a lot of what I'm seeing with sex education, with a program that I talked about on the podcast over a year ago from the CDC called Whole School, Whole Child, uh, Whole Communities, they're very much about eliminating the family and allowing the school to become the new family, that everything is about the community and not the individual. Not It's all about the community and not your family. And so they're starting to use terms where it's now the teacher teams are called families. And so children are being put in, teacher, in, in teams with a teacher and they're calling them families as a but yet at the same time much of the sex education and SEL is moving away from using gender terms and so they don't want the children saying mother or father anymore because it's not gender neutral so they're literally telling children to use gender neutral words in other words they can never talk about mom or dad anymore they have to be uh, just say my caregiver or my family and so now they're basically equating the family in your home with the family in your school. Um, it, it's just so, um, the language that they use is, is, is very um, manipulative, I guess. So this is really scary because as, as I read more and more on Castle about their strategy and how they prepare schools to integrate SEL into every part of the school, it's not a program that's separate from academics. No, SEL is integrated into every class and into every lesson. That's math, that's science, that's everything. Um, I even read somewhere in there that said 
that the greatest need in the class is to address the emotions. And so if there is some trauma that's happening in the class, and if, and if a student needs their emotions to be attended to, that it is their priority to stop the lesson and focus instead on the emotions. And so guys, this is really pushing our children to be emotion centered and to not be, um, to not be, not to, to move away from thinking, to move away from logic and to instead be enraveled, uh, constantly in their emotions, heightened emotions. And all of this is being led quote unquote by teachers. Um, so, and all this is through the SEL program. And so, um, I, in just what, what I really want you to hear is Jennifer's story. Um, she is a teacher who was in the school and she would, and the first step was to begin to basically, basically re, you know, reprogram these teachers into accepting the philosophy of SEL, social emotional learning, so that they could in turn teach it to the children. So let's listen into Jennifer. My name is Jennifer McWilliams and I'm from Indiana and I am a teacher and I have two children and I had, so I worked at an elementary school here in Indiana as a title teacher. So I did uh, reading intervention with kindergarten through sixth grade. And so my school was a social emotional learning school and we had the program at the time that I was teaching. I was, our school was in the third year and, um, I, that's how I became um, aware of what social emotional learning was, the process for these schools to bring it in. And um, I had a lot of concerns about the program. So as a parent and during the time that I was teaching, I um, had in my private life posted um, some things on Facebook about the concerns I had with social emotional learning. And so um Back in, I guess it was last year, last in February, um, my my school actually fired me for posting on social emotional learning. <laughs> so um, ever since then, I have done a lot of research on it, and actually, I, I know more about it now than when I was even um, involved with it for the short amount of time that I was. Um, but that's that's really how this. Came about, and now I am. Um, I run an organization called Purple for Parents Indiana that advocates for parents and um, children in the education system. Jennifer, I find this incredibly interesting that as a teacher, you were simply sharing something about a program at the school that the school, I'm sure, is very proud of. Um, so why would it be controversial to the point of wanting to fire a teacher when you shared something about social emotional learning? Right. Well, I, honestly, I was surprised <laughs> when they fired me for it. I had the only thing that I had um, I had posted was an article that I did not write. It was just um, like a blog post that I had found online about the, the social emotional pro learning program at my school. And I posted it on my Facebook page, and that was on a Monday. And um, on Friday, they called me into the office first thing in the morning, and they they fired me. And they said the reason that they were firing me was because they gave several reasons, but they said, you know, that I 
made the school look bad um, and that they said that I had lied about the program, but I did not lie. Everything um, in the article was true. And then in the comment section, I had made a comment that the teachers um, and that our school was evaluated on how we use the program, which is also true. So I was kind of puzzled at the time, um, you know, in that moment when they, they fired me. And, but as you know, I went home and really reflected on it. I feel that um, the article pointed out obviously some things that were concerning about the program and I, they just don't want people to know the truth. And so that's um, not that I, I did not want to lose my job, but that assured me that what I was doing was the right thing because people need to understand what the program is and not just what the school portrays the program to be. Yes, Jennifer, I'm so familiar with that because in sex education, parents can see a curriculum or they can see a table of contents or they can even attend the school's um, organized parent orientation on sex education. And it sounds wonderful. It's about keeping mm -hmm. children safe. It it's, has all the great words that make parents feel good, but it's the behind the scenes that are actually troublesome. It's what's actually harmful. And those are the things that people uh, or the creators of comprehensive sex education don't want others to know. And so it's sounds like social emotional learning programs are really similar. They sound amazing upfront. Um, I've read a little bit about it, or at least the description of SEL, which is what we'll probably call it throughout the podcast, SEL. Um, they talk about being empathetic. They talk about feelings and emotions. They talk about regulating your emotions and all those things sound really good. But Jennifer, what's the truth? So, yeah, the social emotional learning, first of all, um, people need to know that it comes from CASEL. That's C-A-S-E-L. So, um, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. Um, and there are many, many programs. My program was called Leader in Me, but there are many different names. Um, and they run a little differently, but they all have the same goals and the same competencies. And so these programs are put into the schools to influence your child's attitudes, mindsets, and beliefs based on um, what I would consider a very radical, politically correct mindset. And the competencies or the skills that they, they aim to influence the children with are uh, self-awareness, self-management, responsible decision-making, uh, relationship skills, and social awareness. So right out of the gate, I think, um, you know, people, that, that should be alarming to people because really that's not the school's job is to influence a child's worldview on those issues. Um, but as you dig into these programs, you will find that the, the driving force behind them um, is anything from what we're seeing right now with this critical race theory, the white supremacy um, agenda that, that's being taught to our children, and the, um, the, the LGBTQ agenda you know, the gender orientation, gender sexuality, you know, all of that is really the driving force behind uh, social emotional learning right now. So these programs, again, they, they are under many different names, but when they bring them in, they aim to influence your child based on their attitudes, mindsets, and beliefs on how they view the world. And the 
program even um, touts that it is to educate what they call the whole child. And what they mean by that is truly, you know, your child's mind, body, and soul, again, not their job. Um, and they also, um, they also claim that it is a full culture shift, which I can tell you it is. Once a school brings in this program, it changes the way the school operates, the way this, the school looks. Um, it is full propaganda to teach children um, this politically correct thinking and progressive mindset. So the, the programs come in to influence all that. And then it is also integrated into their academic work. So it really takes over every part of the child's day once the program is fully implemented into the school. So it sounds that it's a lot like a web, that it's that not only is it a, a program overall in the school, um, maybe they're changing the posters in the hallway, promoting certain kinds of ideologies and beliefs, um, but also it's then integrated into every subject and into every lesson plan so that it's just a constant um, kind of like a re-education of the children. And we've seen that, Jennifer, and I'm sure you've seen that a lot on Twitter, where especially during COVID, that a lot of the teachers were admitting on Twitter and in other social media that they had to re-educate the children because their parents had taught them beliefs that did, were not aligned with social emotional learning, were not aligned with critical race theory. When you mentioned white supremacy, um, nobody wants white supremacy, but social emotional learning or critical race theory, correct me if I'm wrong, Jennifer, actually teaches white children to feel guilty for being white, um, to, to apologize to other children who are of a different ethnicity than they are because they are an oppressive race, because the white children are part of an oppressive race. And that is part of the critical race theory. And so then I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so then that belief is then integrated into social emotional learning. In other words, they start to manipulate is it that they start to manipulate feelings and they use empathy as an excuse or a justification? Is that right, Jennifer? Can you can you elaborate on that? Sure. Yes, that's it. that's exactly what they're doing. Um, and I think what you said about um, the parents, it, it, that is spot on. So they are teaching are, are uh, training the teachers and the administrators that the reason kids are not able to learn at school um, is because of the parents and that parents are no longer equipped to um, teach their children how to live in, in our world. And so that is now the job of the school and the teachers. And in, in one of the videos that introduced this um, idea of social emotional learning, from Castle, they even say, you know, kids are no longer coming to school um, to learn things because they have the internet so they can look up when somebody won the war or, um, you know, anything they need. They can, they can look up their math problems and everything like that. And they believe that now children are coming to school to learn their purpose in life. And that, so they are telling the schools, the teachers that this is now, you know, your main focus. Um, is to take over that parenting role. But as as far as 
um, for example, the, the white supremacy, um, the critical race theory. So they, they will use this culture shift to, to teach the whole child. Um, and, and they will bombard these children with this idea through um, the bulletin boards within the school, the library within the classroom, or just the library, the media center in the school will, will take on um, new resources and new books that will um, just become an everyday part of the, the kid's life in order to influence this idea, um, specifically, as you said, that the critical race they believe um, in something called white fragility, which means that if if you are white, then you are racist, even if you don't think you're a racist. And they they want children to uh, believe that when they were born, they were they were just born into racism, and that they are part of the problem of society, and they need to um, educate the children based on that idea. So um, I just saw something the other day where. I can't, I'm not sure what state it was in, but where there was a child, a biracial child who failed a class because he refused to denounce his, um, uh, the white side of his family, I guess. And, and this is so divisive and hateful to, to these children to be teaching this idea. Um, and people should really need to pay attention to what's going on. Um, the, like I said, it's a so I only bring this in through the decoration of uh, the bulletin boards, um, the posters in the school, the library, the resources, but it will also come into the um, lessons. For instance, it could be a math problem. That would be a story problem, but they would have some kind of um, progressive uh, scenario within that, that, that problem for them to solve. Or if they are doing, you know, language arts and, um, you know, correct the uh, the punctuation, it would be a, a article that would have something to do with that um, idea, just so that the kids are surrounded by this idea. Um, in my school, we also, once we adopted this program, so they had these they have these skills, as I talked about, these competencies that they aim to influence the children with. And we had um, what were called habits. Again, I don't want your listeners to get too caught up on some of the language because if it's SEL, it's the same skills, but the schools use different language. Um, so the habits at my school were, were, were put on all of the bulletin boards, down the hallways, every... Um, it seemed to really take over everything we did. Each year we would have a shirt, for instance, um, a school shirt that everyone, the teachers and the kids would have, and we would wear them on special days, you know, um, school spirit days. And before they were really, um, it was a really neat idea because the kids would submit um, their own designs and then we they would pick a design from a child for the school, for that school year. Um, once we adopted this program, they came in, we had all new shirts that were no longer designed by the child, but they had to have the language of the habits on our shirt. Um, that's a small example, but that's, that's what's happening all over the place. The children were also, um, if you know anything about brainwashing techniques, they use a lot of those techniques with these programs and they use, um, the, the children are praised and awarded based on how well they use these habits. So for instance, every day 
during the morning announcements, we would be reminded of what uh, habit we needed to work on for the day. And then they would pick a couple of children that they decided had used that habit um, correctly. And then at the end of the day, they would get their name on the announcements and they would, you know, maybe go get a piece of candy or something from the office. Um, and so they're influencing the other children. Well, if I use that habit, then I can also get a piece of candy and get my name on the announcements. And it's just constant. It just becomes something that is in everything they do. Um, and it's, they're just bombarded with it. Jennifer, can you give us some examples of what those habits are? Sure. Um, so one of them that that was at my school was for, to seek first before you are under or seek first to understand before you are understood. And they taught children that this is how you approach situations um, all throughout your life. And what I like to explain to people is that, you know, Monica, you and I understand when it's appropriate to use this skill in life. If we're working, you know, in a business on a project, we understand when it's appropriate. But we also understand when it's not appropriate as adults for us to use that skill. Um, and children are, are, are vulnerable and manipulated and they are being told that you use this skill as, as an absolute, that you use it no matter what. So um, they want children to seek first, to understand before you are understood. And my immediate thought as um, a mother of a seven-year-old daughter is that I do not want the school to influence my child that she should seek first to understand in all situations. Specifically, um, a big one would be unwanted sexual advances, but that's what they're doing is teaching these skills as what you use all the time to be successful in life. Right. You know, one of, one of my thoughts was that, you know, I know that many parents have stories of their children coming home upset that they're having to share restrooms with an opposite gender child who identifies with the, a different gender. Uh, so a little girl being uncomfortable that a little boy is now in her bathroom because he identifies as a girl. And so if we were to implement this habit, if she were to complain at the school, then I guess she would be redirected to practice her habit where she needs to understand his feelings about wanting identifying as a girl and his need to be in the girl's restroom before she can attend to her own fears or discomfort. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's, that's correct. So um, they, and that's a big idea. Um, I don't know how much they have it in Texas right now, but um, in the last year we've seen here in Indiana, the idea of inclusive restrooms and locker rooms starting to pop up in schools across our state. And that was one of my first thoughts when I heard that was, okay, so we have these social emotional learning programs that are teaching children to compromise everything that, that, you know, you act on emotions, but only emotions that are politically correct. Right. Um, so if your child is uncomfortable with that, then you're right. They need to, um, seek first to understand. Or another one is, you know, it's a common saying, but win, win. But really, that means for them to compromise on everything. Um, some people get a little confused with these programs, especially in the younger um, age, maybe first, second grade with some of these social emotional learning 
lessons that may come home because they they seem innocent and um it will you know you would look at something and say oh well they're just teaching them how to not be a bully but what people aren't understanding is that within these um lessons for these social emotional learning programs they are teaching children um say in first grade well if you don't understand how someone feels and you don't act um accordingly then you're being a bully so then therefore as say you know a couple of years later when they have these inclusive locker rooms well then your daughter or my daughter would be or your daughter or whoever would be influenced to um in their mind to think okay well i know that if i don't use this skill i'm being a bully and nobody wants to be a bully so i have to you know just go along with whatever it is or i'm being a bully because they have lessons over and over and over about not being a bully but again it's all based on um that ideology and and what is politically correct thinking so our children through social emotional learning are being taught and are being molded through the schools to compromise over and over again is really what's happening. And I also want to back up a little bit because, um, you know, I want to make sure that everyone kind of, you know, I want to give a little, a few more examples. Like I'm, um, I'm Hispanic. And so mm -hmm. if, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, uh, maybe some people might be pretty judging against white people. I don't know um, who who may be thinking, you know, oh, it, it's it's unfair that that uh, white people are being told that they're oppressors. Well, the the truth is is that as a Hispanic, and even in, in where I grew up, there there was a lot of discrimination in many ways. Um, but I, I'll be honest, if I had a school teaching me that all of my white friends were oppressors, I would have rejected that. I would not be okay with that. Um, I knew that discrimination occurred. I knew that it happened. I had experienced it. But for me to believe that all of my white friends or my white family members were now oppressors and that I was basically a victim for eternity <laughs> mm -hmm. would be a huge problem. And that is not how my parents taught me. Now, my parents taught me about discrimination, but they never taught me to feel like a victim. They never taught me to hate white people. They never taught me those things. And so what they really taught me is that I needed to take every person at face value and how they treated me and how I, you know, and I was able to have relationships with multiple people. My son is biracial. He's half, um, actually he's fully Hispanic, but he's, his father is Afro Latino. So he's a black Hispanic. And so my son, you know, being biracial, he didn't quite always fit in, in, in Af with African-Americans. He didn't always fit in with Hispanics, but after a while he began to learn how to just make friends with all kinds of people. Um, but with social emotional learning, he would be taught to, like you said, that by the example of this biracial child to reject not only his white family members, but you're basically asking that child to reject a part of themselves uh, yeah. or to believe that a part of themselves is an oppressor, but yet another part of themselves is a victim. And this whole victim mentality doesn't help anybody ever. <laughs> You know, we talk about wanting to be survivors. So this is, I mean, it, it's very complicated, Jennifer. It just seems like, again, like this horrible web that it's all, it's like a sticky web that you don't know, you know, it seems so difficult to pull things apart. And you're doing some really great work through Purple for Parents in Indiana. 
you know, what are some things that we can be doing as parents in our school and with our children to under, I guess, I don't know if it's to understand social emotional learning to how, you know, how do we address this at our school? How do we address that, um, address this with our children? Yeah. So it's a, it's a big issue because it's, um, it's, it's really emphasized um, across this country um, and especially here in Indiana where I'm working. But I would tell parents that you've, you've got to pay attention to um, the, the lessons that are being sent home, the books. Um, you, you just have to really get involved with education because I think one of the reasons this has went under the radar and it's really um, being implemented in our schools before anyone noticed is because we've just generally trusted the education system for a long time. And, and I can understand that um, being a teacher and just, you know, wanting to do the right thing for kids. And what I'm afraid of is that the agenda that's being pushed through the education system, which actually what I know is happening, is not an agenda that represents people um, fairly from all different backgrounds and belief systems, which is a public education system should do. And it is taking a very radical um, approach to how they influence children. And people need to understand it's not um, what they used, what, what they've been conditioned to think education was. And I don't even think that the teachers fully realize what they're doing sometimes. Um, because when I was fired, I had a lot of backlash and, um, they said, oh, we're not doing that. Uh, we're just teaching kids about, you know, being responsible and not bullying. And, you know, but when, as I put this picture together for people, because I was trying to obviously defend myself, um, and saying, you know, look, my concerns on these program are legit and this is why. And I was telling them, you know, giving them examples. As I started doing that, I had a lot of people that were like, oh, I see what you're saying now. So I would just encourage parents and people to get involved and really start looking into what's behind um, specifically the social emotional learning program. If you go to some of the websites, you it becomes very clear what the agenda is. If you go to um, a lot of the standards come from um, teachingtolerance.org, I believe it is, but it's from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Another one comes from the Welcoming Schools um, Human Rights Campaign, and all of these things sound good until you really dig into it and see how, um, you know, how one-sided it is. And then coming from, from you know, your background, a lot of this also comes from Planned Parenthood and GLSEN. Um, they, they fully support these programs because of the um, idea of gender uh, fluidity and, and, and that whole idea. Right. And so what we're seeing with a lot of these movements, whether it's the human rights campaign, Planned Parenthood, the sexuality movement, um, LGBTQ movement, is that it's not about it truly isn't about tolerance, um, but it's really about activism. It's about having our children and our families fully submit to their agenda They're, uh, In other words, they don't want to compromise. They want everyone else to believe as they believe, yeah. but not just believe, but to be an activist, to submit fully to their ideology and to do everything that they ask. 
And if you don't, then they turn around and throw, you know, and, and call you a bigot and, and, and a bully. And that is a very difficult position for our children to be in. So many adults don't want that kind of confrontation. What is it like for a child at a school who's being taught values at home that are very different than the values that are that the teachers are trying to teach them through social emotional learning? These children then they they've been instilled all these values and beliefs in their home, and then their school is telling them that they're hateful people to believe those things and that they need to compromise and change or else. And so our children are really the ones who are facing this day after day in their school being rejected by their teachers and maybe even by their peers unless they fully submit to this type of teaching. And it's really putting our children in a difficult situation. Um, And what I would imagine most children will do unless they're very, have a very strong personality is that they will submit to these ideologies. They will submit to whatever their teachers are telling them to do. And they're just not going to tell mom and dad about it. All right, guys. Well, that was the end of part one with our time with Jennifer McWilliams, but please make sure that you come back and listen to part two, where she will talk more about um, working with the board, finding out more about SEL in your school, what are the laws, uh, and what can you do as a parent to find out if this is in your school and how you can protect your children from being indoctrinated through this kind of program. I also just want to remind you guys that this is a listener supported podcast and your donations and support for the podcast are greatly appreciated. So if you would like to support the podcast, please go to it takes a family.org and click on the donate button. Thanks guys.